What is going on, Roller Grinders? Welcome back to the Sports Card Grinders show. I am your host, Dean. Uh, same rules apply as always. I know very little about the sports card collecting industry. Industry. Uh, I am a sports guy, of course. But uh, yeah, we bring in three experts to talk about what's going on in the industry. Uh, batting first, leading off, going to be talking to us about some sports cards today. And uh, yeah, some rookie inserts we'll dig into. We're going to talk about some potential overlooked players as well as the show progresses. Uh, let's bring in RG contributor. It's Brennan. What's going on, Brennan? Hey, doing good. Glad to be back. Yeah, uh, happy to have you back as well. Uh, joining us as well. Oh, uh, Chief Justice, he's, he's uh, swimming over there like a uh, Scrooge McDuck with the you know, all that cam call he had, all the gold coins. I haven't had you on the show. I know you had a special uh, a video with Simon, I believe, talking about the cam uh, the cam call and like talk to me about that experience, uh, Chief, because I think you made a bunch of money by investing in cam before he's a patriot. Now uh, we're having some good times over there. Man. You know, I've talked about it, but it was just a good day. Uh, news came out. Money was flowing in. Um, I, I was glad to have, you know, made a good call on that one. And once again, it's no different than, I guess, kind of some of the things we're always going to talk about, you know, when you're somewhat speculating, which I didn't feel like it was a complete speculation on Cam, but you get in early while these guys are cheap and, um, you know, try to load up from there. And, and that's always kind of going to be a strategy of mine um, you know, I've talked to people, people know that, you know, I was kind of, you know, in the advisory role in the financial industry. And so that was kind of one of my specialties, just trying to identify, you know, undervalued stocks and undervalued doesn't necessarily mean cheap all the time. It just means, you know, uh, you know, stocks that can give you or, or maybe undervalued compared to the market. So maybe I buy, you know, Target instead of Walmart this week, because Target is a bit undervalued. And I know, you know, just trying to compare apples to apples, you know, um, and so that's kind of the, the thing. You don't always have to swing for the fences and get some rookie from overseas that uh, no one's ever heard of. Sometimes it can just be, you know, really good players that no one's on, which I know Brennan is going to plug us in real late here. Don't, please don't give it away. But uh, he's got he's got a hot one for you guys. I would be remiss if I didn't say it's almost like that hot now sign. From Krispy Kreme, it's going to make you wreck your car if you see it. So uh, I'm pretty, I'm pretty excited about this show, man. This is one of my, my favorite shows. Really glad to be on with you guys, and uh, let's get rolling. I'm excited to have you. I was going to leave early, but now that you get that you put that tease out there, I'm, I'm going to stick around for the entire show. Uh, I know you had a video just with Simon. You guys were talking about the the, the camera situation, how you made some money off that. Uh, have, do you know what you're doing as far as, or have you done anything as far as like uh, selling off and just you know, make, you know, making a bunch of, a big profit or are you also going to gamble maybe uh, on the, you know, the possibility that Camden becomes like a top, I don't know, eight or nine quarterback with New England and they make the Super Bowl or they make a big run. Uh, what are you doing with your cam cards right now? Holding some, selling some, or going all in or all out? Have we decided yet? Well, you know, uh, my DFS background kicks in. Uh, like, you know, me and Brennan kind of talked about this, I think, a couple weeks ago. When I went in on cam, my, my only thing I was going to sell, and it was a quick flip. I had no intentions of holding cam at all. Um, and so that's kind of the, the way I went into it. Um, I had all my cams listed on eBay priced up. They all sold in three hours and I was a happy, I was a happy camper. I had no <laughs> long-term investment in cam. I love cam as a player. Um, it's still a perfect scenario. Um, the hype has kind of died down now. So what I may do is just go out and buy one cam in the event they win the Super Bowl, and then we'll see how it goes. But, you know, Cam, Cam was always a quick flip. I never had intentions of holding Cam at all. 
you probably can use the market movers tool on SCI, sportcardinvestor.com to help you decide. Uh, well, you were talking about the CAM market, what it was a couple weeks ago, what it is today. That's one of the big selling points over there, SCI. And of course, they have a partnership here with Rotogrinders. Uh, you get 20% off your first payment if you just use the promo code GRINDERS. That's G-R-I-N-D-E-R-S. Lastly, we do want to bring in Simon. Simon, uh, welcome to the show. Thanks, man. Uh, glad to have Chief back on again and uh, glad to uh, see what his next cam is. Yeah, now the pressure's on, uh, Chief. You got to, <laughs> who is, I mean, I think you might have somebody out there that you want to, and I think we're going to feature him to some degree in this show as far as a potential next cam. Is that fair to say? Maybe? Well, okay. I don't, I don't want to say a potential next cam, <laughs> but I do have a guy that I'm buying because of the situation. And uh, it's no secret. I've talked about it before, but we'll dig into it a little bit more today. Uh, would appreciate a like and a subscribe if you guys are watching us on the YouTube and a comment as well. Let us know what you got to see. You want to see on the show going forward. We do read those comments. We want to do our best to talk about whatever you guys want us to talk about from a sports card perspective. That said, uh, Optic Mega Boxes—they've returned. They're back. They're at Walmart, Simon. And I know you're always lurking the the local Walmart, the local Target. You want to hit up a, you know, if you see them dropping in the, you want to buy up the entire in, uh, inventory. Uh, what's going on there? Have you had? Have you been lucky enough to wander into like a whole display case, or you're just kind of waiting for somebody to put them up there for you? Um, I did happen to uh, to find some in retail this past uh, past uh, past week. It was earlier in the week than normally, um, but yeah, I uh, I got to the uh, the cards when they were being stocked, and there happened to be someone else there, so we ended up splitting it. But yeah, the, they had optic in Walmart this past week. Optic Mega Boxes. I think it was leftover supply from the uh, COVID disruption. So when Mosaic came out, they kind of stopped uh, distributing their their Optic Boxes. And now that Mosaic has kind of worn down as far as its retail run, I think they found an opportunity to finish up what they had left in Optic. So I think it was a one-week thing, but it was very cool to find those Optic Megas in Walmart uh, last week. Do you know what the price would be like if you buy it at Walmart, if you buy it at Target, as opposed to buying it online? What, what's the difference? Any ideas? Um, if you bought if you bought last week at Walmart, you were buying for about thirty seven bucks before taxes, and I think if you're buying on eBay right now, it's probably going between one hundred and one twenty five. Oh wow! Yeah, uh, Brennan, what is uh, Optic Mega Box? What is that? Tell me what that is. It's uh, it's a type of so within the retail product for optic, you've got a lot of different kinds of, of packs and boxes that you can uh, purchase. Each one is at a different price point and it comes with different exclusive parallels and a number of cards and a number of packs. Uh, the mega boxes, I'm not a big retail guy, but the mega boxes from what I know are, are I think the biggest that you can get within the retail uh, infrastructure, right? So you've got your blaster boxes, which are a little bit smaller. You've got your hanger packs and your cello packs, which um, are, are not boxes, but rather they usually just hang on the hooks and whatnot. So the mega boxes are a, a bigger box within the retail space that you can get. And it typically will have more hits, although retail is not known for its hits. Uh, it'll also have exclusive parallels and um, potentially exclusive inserts and things like that. So the mega box is uh, one of the different options you have, uh, there's several for optic uh, within the retail space. And uh, it's, I, I think, typically one of the more expensive ones. And it comes with probably more bang for your buck in terms of inserts, parallels, things like that. Are you bullish on optic? Are you bullish on like, uh, optic versus prism? Do you have a preference and why? 
I, so I believe that optic is um, I think it's firmly behind prism. If you were to rank the uh, rank, the sets in desirability, Uh, everyone knows that I'm a huge select fan, but setting that aside prism, I think has more fanfare. It does typically move in the market first Um, optic to me though, is a great uh, kind of a mid-level product. Uh, Once the prisms have moved out of your, your space, then uh, I think as firms in terms of price, I think that you could potentially look to optic uh, even below that is something like hoops. So optic is still a chromium type card. It's got the shiny finish like prism. Uh, it to me, it feels a little bit more fun and colorful. Um, youthful is a weird way to describe it. But um, like if I were to buy something for myself, I'd probably buy prism. If I were to buy something for um, you know, a nephew or my son, I'd probably go optic. I just think they look a little bit more fun. Uh, they're colorful, but either way, optic has caught fire this year. So, uh, it is a newer product. I think it started back in 2015 or 16. So, um, it came out a few years after prism. Uh, but I think it's a great alternative. And if you were to rank the top three in whatever order you think it is, I, I definitely think it is select prism and optic. I think it is entered that conversation and it separated itself from other things like mosaic and revolution. I'm buying a box. Am I trying to pull Zion? I'm assuming that's a big prize. Yeah. Yeah. I I think if you're pulling a newer product, a 2019 product, you want to get jar Zion from this rookie class. Uh, Kobe white is someone that, you know, I think has caught, you know, fire. You also could look for second year cards of Luca and Trey second year cards are typically something people chase. Once a, a guy has kind of catapulted himself into the, to the all-star MVP, you know, stratosphere. And so, yeah, you're, you're probably looking for John Zion and a nice consolation prize would be a second year Luca uh, or some of these other hot rookies. Uh, Chief, how about yourself? Do you dabble much in the optic or prism or any other brand outside of these two? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, I stumbled into my local Walmart and caught a couple optic prism packs on sale from 2017 and 2018 for six bucks and cracked them open and, I think I may have gotten, you know, one or two good cards out of there, but I mean, I spent about 30 bucks for three packs uh, and they were, most of them were, were uh, cellos. So, I mean, I, I said, it's pretty good. If I sent them off and got them graded, I'd definitely get all my money back. So um, I actually like the optic product. Um, you know, I, I think it's up and coming in terms of price. Um, you know, I, in terms of comparison, I've looked at kind of where Zion, where Zion prism PSA 10 is versus a, uh, Zion Optic 10, and I think Zion's PSA is probably trending at about 3,500 right now, and I think his Optic PSA 10 is at about 2,500. I'm talking about base, not silver, not you know any type of parallel, but just straight, straight base. I think that's about where it's at, um, or that could be the silver. I can't, I can't, I can't remember right now because I don't have it in front of me, but I know it's about a thousand dollar difference between the two, and so you know I'm all about trying to get the same player for a little bit of a discount. You know, and, you know, 3500 2500 you know, they're both still up there. But, hey, say, if you can save a 1000 bucks and still get that that rookie card of a Zion or a Luca or, or a Ja, I mean, you know, save the money. It's still a PSA 10. They're going to trend upwards about the same in terms of percentage. You got to be patient, man. You got to wait for the show to open your packs, on, on you know, for everybody to enjoy. We can watch, you know, fill it in. I think people like watching that. I guess you didn't even know you're coming to the show or – you just want to, when you buy a box, you just want to open it up right away, I assume. Well, I mean, not necessarily. If that's what we need to do, I mean, I, I can get it done. I can go to the store <laughs> and hold a couple boxes. I, I will say I'm probably um, – I, I don't really flip too much retail. 
I, I flip what I would like to consider cheap retail. And I know this isn't a topic that we've talked about, but I try to avoid, and I, I guess this happened maybe, you know, a little while ago. I said, if I, I'm not buying any more score, you know, I'm not buying any more of the other stuff. I'm only buying optic, only buying prism select spectra, only, only the big boys. And because those are the things that I want to open and get the hits. If I end up with a score pack on sale, I'm just going to flip it or, you know, like, like Brennan said, give it to his nephew or something. Is score kind of trash or what? Well, it's not that it's just, it's just more the old school wax, you know, old school wax. It's just, it's not as, it's not as good of a quality of a card. You know, if if you drop it, forget it. You might as well throw it away. The corner is going to be messed up. Just stuff like that. It's just not going to be as appealing. You know, when you buy a prism or an optic, I mean, it's a thick card. Brennan talked about having that chromium finish. Um, I remember when I bought my first Topps Chrome car back in 96. I mean, I could just tell the difference right away. And so, you know, um, if, if you if you want to invest in packs or hobby box or whatever, I would say only go optic prism spectra, stuff like that. I, I wouldn't buy any score hobby boxes. NBA hoops is making somewhat of a come up. Um, I guess I don't mind that. But, you know, some of the some of the score stuff, I just I, I, I can't get with it. Do you like the idea that both of you guys want to give your nephews the bad cards? I like guess <laughs> let's give them the crap. <laughs> Listen, they're not gonna. They, they can't take care of initiation. Yeah. I, I've got a box downstairs right now full of like playoff and and play and all that stuff and score that I'm giving a kid in the neighborhood. He said he wants to you know get involved. I said, oh, don't you worry, buddy. I've got. Plenty of cars for you to hold on to. So it's don't you good. worry about that optic or the, or the prism. <laughs> Simon, Simon, jump in here. What's your take as far as uh, do you have a preference? Uh, obviously, you know, valuing cost matters too. But when shopping around for score, prism, optics, select, mosaic, uh, what, what, what's a uh, you know, is it, do you have a something you target specifically, or it's all based upon the asking price? The only ones I'll target just about any basketball if I'm if I'm looking to retail flip because it's just about any basketball you can flip for a decent uh, return on investment. As far as baseball and um, football or whatever, baseball, I've been targeting Bowman Megas recently. Those have a nice ROI. Uh, the rest of baseball, you know, the rest of the tops, unless it's tops chrome, I stay away from those. Uh, with basketball, like I said, you can you can flip just about anything there. I, I just don't get those sticker uh, cards. I avoid those. Football, it's it's kind of tough to f- flip football in general unless it's Prism just coming out. Um, contenders, you can't, you know, like you can still find those in the store. You can tell there's not as strong a demand for contenders, but Prism with football is is typically will sell out pretty quickly in retail. But uh, like recently, I'm sorry. uh, Yeah. Recently I've been targeting mosaic the most mosaic, you know, it kind of surprised me this, this year because it was strong throughout the entire retail run. But you know, that's, that's kind of uh, more an indication on how bas uh, popular basketball is for sports cards right now. And mosaic, it just has a nice quality. It's like, it's like chief was saying, you know, it's a, it's a, uh, one of those thicker cards. They got a really nice uh, inserts, which we're going to talk about in a minute here. What are you showing us uh, right now? Is, I see you're showing something off. <laughs> this is a Jam Master LeBron James mosaic card. And this is kind of a, a look at the type of uh, quality card that you can get in those mosaic packs if you get uh, if you get fortunate enough. Is that graded or is that not graded? What is that going for these days? Any that, ideas? That, partic- uh, that particular one isn't graded. 
I think um, I want to say the raw cards are going for probably about between 50 and 70. I'm not sure about the graded cards. I haven't looked uh, too deep into it. Is that something you pulled personally or you bought it raw? Uh, that was one that I pulled personally. Yeah. All, all my mosaic uh, cards I pulled personally. I haven't bought any mosaic uh, raw or, or graded at this point. Brandon, what do you want to add to this conversation? Yeah, I w- yeah, I would just add that I think what you're seeing in today's markets is that consumers are more willing to go outside the big three, um, which is what Simon just talked about with Mosaic. So I, I think that a lot of times we talk about ROI and what's going to give you the best bang for your buck. I think at least, you know, some of us, I think all of us have a little bit of us that like to just collect in general. And so I think um, just, you know, take a take some time to look at what the cards look like. And if there's certain guys that you collect uh, things like select mosaic revolution um, you know, we talked about Chronicles, I think last week, and it's got a ton of different variety. If you're going to collect I wouldn't be afraid to go outside of these optics and prisms and selects and stuff like that. Revolution is another one that I think is interesting. Uh, It hasn't caught fire yet, but I think it's got potential. So maybe look at that and that's probably your best way to get, cheap prices on guys like Luca and Tatum and stuff like that, because that set, once you see a set kind of go mainstream, the, you know, all boats will rise in, in that tide. And so don't be afraid to speculate a little bit, at least with a little bit of your portfolio outside of these main ones. Um, but make sure that it has something going for it. It's got a cool look. It's got a long print run, whatever it might be. Um, so that's all I'd really add to this. So I'm somebody that comes from the perspective of collecting in the 90s. And one of the issues in collecting in the 90s was the market was just flooded. Uh, how does they explain this to me? I'm not saying that's what's happening, but that's where my brain went. Like you're throwing out Optic and Prism and Select, <clears throat> Revolution, Mosaic, Hoops, Score. I'm sure there's more that we haven't talked about. Uh, should we be cautious? Uh, at what point should we be cautious that the market is being flooded? Or am I just like, is my brain stuck from 30 years ago? Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely a, something that will present itself as a risk in the future. That being said, there's a lot of different things that Panini has done. And, and um, you know, on the other side in baseball and football or baseball specifically with tops and Bowman and all that, uh, that there's a lot of things they've done to kind of combat that. uh, One of which is just the parallels and the numbering. Um, So if you take a uh, you know, something like a LeBron James uh, there was really only two or three different versions of his rookie card that you could buy. Um, and, and with, with the newer card, you've got several different parallels. I think Prism's got over 20. So uh, if you're really concerned with the print runs on these cards, then, uh, then you can try to go for something that's got a smaller print run, a silver, a green, a white, you know, the different numbered cards. That being said, um, you've also got grading, which is, is somewhat new. Now, some of the older cards are being graded, but uh, you automatically take a card that might have, let's say, Luca Prisms uh, might have a hundred thousand. This is tr- totally throwing a number out there: a hundred thousand in 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 the population. But if only fifteen thousand of them grade out as a ten, and you get one of those tens, you've now got the smaller population within what is a bigger population. And so, um, there's different ways now in the in the industry that we didn't have before that we can kind of build in some some rarity to, to cards that are somewhat, you know, plentiful. But I'd also argue that um, I think the sports card market is surprisingly efficient. It's much more efficient than it was back in the day. And so I think a lot of the increased populations are priced in. If you look at a, a PSA 10 base 
Luca and compare his price to some of the cards like Kawhi, Anthony Davis, LeBron James, it seems like a lot, a PSA 10 base prism, but when you look at it compared to these other guys, it's, it's quite a bit cheaper. And I think that's because we recognize there's a bigger population. So sublime supply and demand kind of always, uh, wins out in the long run. So I wouldn't be too concerned now. Um, but if we start to see it get out of control, which is one reason why I like to, to stick with select is because prism exponentially goes up while select is kind of slowly climbing. Um, you just kind of have to, to keep an eye on the PSA, SGC, and VGS population reports and try to go with something that's a little bit more rare than, than what's hot at the moment. Yeah, Chief, feel free to chime in and uh, add on any thoughts you have there to clean that topic up. Otherwise, uh, move on and let's talk about the uh, finding value in rookie inserts. How do you want to talk about that? Well, I mean, I, I definitely want to just kind of add a little bit to what Brennan said. I mean, obviously, superb explanation. Um, I, I also think that grading is, I think grading is the savior of the card industry, in, in my personal opinion, uh, just because, you know, we've got something to prop this whole hobby up on that says, hey, this is going to provide the stability you need. You know, this is going to let you know that this isn't just a copy that someone made in their basement. You know, it, it's going to keep the industry going. And so, you know, now that we've got what, I, you know, the big three, SGC, Beckett, and PSA, um, I think it's really, really saved the hobby. So I'm really not concerned that, you know, we've got a lot of different prints. You know, um, you know, Brennan talked about Revolution. Revolution is like my personal collector's favorite. It's, I mean, I love Revolution. And I don't think we'll see as many print runs as we did back in the 90s. Um, because, you know, Panini's also got National Treasures and Noir and Flawless. Like, there's all these other higher-end brands that they have as well. Um, so, you know... I, I think we're fine, especially with the the three grading companies. I think it's really, really going to save the industry and keep us afloat. Why am I just now hearing of Revolution for the first time? Where have I been? Have I not been paying attention or have we not been talking about it? Yeah, man. And and listen, Dean, (laughs) if you can get your hands on a Chinese New Year Revolution, (laughs) look out. Uh, We're going real niche. This is a real niche conversation here. New Year Revolution is my, oh, I love those. I love is that them. a thing? Like, is, I mean, no, I'm it's a the, real thing. It is. It is. Yeah, I like the, the Astro Chinese personally. Dude. Oh yeah, I like so, that so, too. So, 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 just to give you an idea, Dean, it it has a bunch of parallels like Prism and Optic and Select. However, they do it a little bit differently. Instead of a different color, it's a different design in the background. So the Astro's got a bunch of uh, got a bunch of stars behind it and uh, a different thing like that. And I'm pretty sure they ripped off the design and the idea from like an old school Pacific product like back in the day so i think it's kind of just a re a reimagined version of an older set which adds a little bit of nostalgia to it so i like it i agree it's more of a a collector set right now than investment set most definitely but i can tell you i've got a couple of jason tatums that i would not have otherwise been able to afford they're parallels within the revolution set which cost me a lot less than something like a silver prism would yeah, I just had a quick Google here. They look pretty sweet. Uh, I was not aware of the existence of these, but now you guys got my curiosity. And it's, I guess they just run, this is like over in China. They run their own print over there. Is that how that works? That I, I don't know. Oh, okay. uh, Chief uh, might have to tell you. I, I assumed it was just a like a special edition parallel, but maybe it is only available in Chinese products, which you've seen with other things like the Tmall um, product that's been opened on, on YouTube and stuff like that. I was thinking like Pokemon. Like I know they have their own Pokemon like in Japan. And like I don't know if it's different per country. I have no idea how that works. Um, I, speaking speaking yeah, from a point of I, ignorance, I just don't know. 
<laughs> I, I think that's what it is because with uh see this this is another personal collector's favorite and this one isn't as as popular I think but like uh Court Kings they've got like this Australian version that they have the I think the acetate or something but I mean I like that one too so that's what I'm saying now you're getting into like my PC stuff like that stuff I won't sell that stuff I keep you know th- that I want to look at but yeah every every I don't want to say every brand but you know the brands like that they've got some some branch outs that they do like just over in Europe or you know over there and and they've got their own kind of print runs so if you can get your hands on it like it's it's really cool you think that speaks to um you mentioned australia you mentioned china just how basketball is just such a global game now is that probably how that does it all sort of correlate together absolutely absolutely 100 percent. yeah uh that makes sense all right uh chief talk to me about uh what's the finding value in uh you know rookie insert cards yeah so that's something, you know, when, when we talked about how we we're going to kind of kick the show up, that's something I, I really wanted to talk about because I think, you know, I'm all, I'm always thinking about the investor that maybe can't spend $2,000 to get this Zion PSA 10 or $3,000 to get a Luca, you know, PSA 10 Panini prism uh, rookie card. So, and I said prism, I meant prism silver, but um, you know, so I think inserts and, and, you know, Brennan kind of talked about it before the show, we were kind of kicking some things around, but when I'm talking about inserts, I'm talking about guys that are big time players. I'm talking about, you know, your Hardens, your LeBrons, your Curry's, uh, and just in terms of rookies right now, your Trey, your Luca, your Ja, um, you know, a couple of rookies that are not, uh, as new right now, but, or maybe not as hot, a Jaron Jackson, something like that, guys that you think are going to make it. And so if you're looking at, and I kind of looked up Luca, if you're looking at Luca right now, you know, his prism, his base prism PSA 10, I mean, it's creeped up to about 900 bucks. I mean, anywhere between about 835 and 900 right now is about what you're going to spend for just his base prism PSA 10 rookie card. But if you look at freshman phenoms or you look at emergent, you're going to be able to get a PSA 10 for anywhere from 125 to 155. And his silver, you know, the silver, they have priced up a little bit, maybe 200 to 250 But my point is, that's a lot cheaper than, you know, 900 bucks. And you can get that and hold it and try to ride the wave. If, if Lucas is as good as we think he is, and we think he's the next dirt that's going to bring them this huge championship, which I think he's got a shot uh, in the long run, then, you know, I think these inserts are really going to catch on, you know, down the line, especially for some of these rookie cards. I mean, I've, I've looked at the the um the emergent the freshman phenoms in terms of uh, the panini prism i like it i saw a trey young freshman phenom i think it's like a red and yellow i mean it, it really pops and so if you can get your hands on those they're tremendously cheaper graded and raw both both sides of the coin they're going to be a lot cheaper to get your hands on than just your standard base uh rookie prism or optic card just to be clear, by the way, when you're saying Luca, you're talking Doncic and not uh, Samanich, correct? Just I know a lot of people out there <laughs> yes, yes, probably like, well, which yes. Luca is he talking I, about? I'm definitely talking about Luca from Dallas, <laughs> not Luca from San Antonio. There is a difference. <laughs> Simon, your thoughts on this? I think the other Luca is in uh, Chief's mailbox right now, so he's he's itching to get definitely. out of uh, get out of the show so he can dig into that mailbox. Um, but yeah, no, I'm with these guys. I think those inserts are good to target when you don't want to pay up for the standard cards in a set gives you an opportunity to buy the players that you want at cheaper prices. And I think one of the appealing things about optic too, is the, uh, the inserts that they have 
Um, this is a James Harden splash card. Uh, it, it's kind of a, a got that uh, that holo- holographic effect on it. But yeah, cards like that are are cool to find. When you get those higher quality cards like Optic and Mosaic and uh, Prism, you can find those those style cards in them. And and not only is it good from the fact that you get a cheaper shot at a player that you like, but you also get a more limited run print run on the card because the inserts, as as far as I'm um, knowledgeable of, they have less of a print run than the standard cards in the set. All right, jump in here, Brett, and your thoughts. I know we also wanted to use a cardboard connection, and Simon's going to do a screen share as well, but uh, feel free to clear up your thoughts before we uh, segue to that. Sure, yeah, before I get into the cardboard connection, and I don't want to reiterate anything that Simon or, or Chief has said. I think they're spot on if you're looking for an alternative to your base rookies. I think uh, that inserts are a great option. Now, I actually treat inserts a little bit differently. Uh, one thing that I've been doing is picking up a lot of inserts for some of the guys that I know for a fact will be um, you know, as their careers end will be, will be some of the best that have ever played the game. Two guys specifically, specifically right now are Curry, uh, Stephen Curry and, and LeBron James. And, um, I think that optic definitely has a really strong insert game. Um, I would say, uh, mosaic has one as well. The NBA, the jam masters that Simon showed us earlier, in my opinion, it's one of the coolest inserts we've seen come out here recently and going for the rookies, I think is a great option. Uh, but also going for guys like LeBron, Curry, I think Giannis is probably putting himself in that conversation. These are cards that I think have long-term uh, upside because right now everybody's focused on their their base rookies. But when those get too high, people are going to start going to some of the cool inserts. And eventually they're going to run out of base rookies to collect and they're going to move on to the inserts. And I've always found it weird that in the 90s inserts were kind of the hot thing. Like that's kind of the cards you wanted, but now we kind of forget about inserts. So uh, I, I think inserts are great, uh, both for rookies and for the all-time greats. What I wouldn't do is invest in the mediocre players. For instance, DeAndre Jordan has a Jam Masters insert. Unless you're looking to collect the whole set, I don't know if going with guys like uh, DeAndre Jordan is probably a great option for inserts, but rookies and some of the greater players to play the game, I think are, are great options there. Now the question you might have is, uh, and this is where cardboard connection comes in. Well, how do I know what inserts are available? Cause like Simon said, those don't hit eBay as much as the base rookies and they don't get talked about either. And, and one thing that I like to do is go to cardboard connection and read through the, the break up, breakdown of each of the sets. And so what we've got up on the screen is a 2019 optic, uh, optic set breakdown. And so you can see in the first paragraph, it kind of talks about the different parallels available, the, the different inserts. And what I actually love about this is they go into what's hobby only, which I would pay, I would put a premium on hobby box only inserts because they're going to be less plentiful than the retail. But that being said, you can kind of scroll through here. Uh, and at the very bottom of the screen, you'll see it goes through the, the checklist for the base and the autos and the memorabilia. But if you get all the way to the bottom, it'll actually break down each of the inserts as well. So for the optic basketball, one of my favorite is all clear for takeoff. It's the first one they talk about. And you can see there kind of who, what, what players have those cards, what parallels are available. And this really gives you the data and the information you need to figure out one, what inserts do I like? Which ones look cool? But also, what players should I be targeting? So, for instance, on the all clear for takeoff, I'd be looking at, we just talked about it, I'd be looking at the rookies. So, John Morant 
is a guy that I'd be looking at. I'm looking at the list now. Zion Williamson's on there. So obviously you'd want to target those two guys. But I'd also maybe look at a guy like Giannis Antetokounmpo or LeBron James. They've also, they're not their rookie inserts, obviously, but these are uh, two of the bigger names in the NBA. And so those are four guys where I'd set up my eBay search. Uh, all clear for takeoff LeBron, all clear for takeoff Giannis, all clear for takeoff Zion. And I'd be, I'd be monitoring those. And, and if I have a price in mind that I'm willing to pay, uh, then I can jump on that as soon as it hits eBay. And, and, and like we said, um, inserts are probably still a little bit undervalued and they might be for a little while, but I think they're great uh, collector's cards. I think they're great long-term investments and you're definitely getting them for cheaper than you would the base rookies. Uh, if you're a higher end investor or collector, I actually think Court King's inserts are probably some of the most undervalued in the industry. Um, one that you should look at if you really like high-end cards is Blank Slate. It's just a beautiful card design. It's like a blank canvas of a painting with just the player on it. And it's also a case hit, which means they are very rare, super short printed. Uh, another one that I like from this year's uh, set is uh, the Aurora. It's also a case hit. And what the case hit means is, you know, a case is basically a bunch of boxes for different products. It's a different number of boxes that gets shipped as a case. And there's only one box in that entire case that has that card. And so case hits will be typically more valuable than any other type of, of insert. Um, case hits can be inserts. They can also be autographs and, and RPAs. So it's, you know, as you learn the different sets through Cardboard Connection, they have it basically for every set. Uh, you'll start to get a feel for the the inserts you like and which ones you want to target. But I definitely wouldn't sleep on inserts, but you should go in informed because you can't just randomly search for inserts. It's it's a lot harder to get a feel for what's available out there. I uh, I pulled up this page in the fly and you mentioned the all clear for takeoff and uh, some interesting names in there. Like you mentioned like LeBron, uh, Giannis, mm-hmm. but then like you said, DeAndre Jordan, there's only 15 people, DeAndre Jordan, yep. John Wall. Yeah. Tom Wall's yep. in there? How does, I mean, how, how do they decide who jumps in the set and, and who doesn't? How does that work? Is it sort of- it, it's yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good question. Um, I imagine, so I think that the all clear for takeoff is guys that obviously can dunk and, and can jump. So obviously yeah, someone like Donovan Mitchell, Russell Westbrook, John Wall's known for his dunks as a point guard, Aaron Gordon, of course, the, the dunk contest King. I, I like, I do think it's kind of weird. Victor Oladipo's in there. Maybe I just haven't seen him play in a while. Like maybe he did have a bunch of dunks that I'm just not aware of, but I think the idea is they come up with a theme. What's really cool. And I actually have the Russell Westbrook of this exact card. That smoke in the background is white for the base card, but for the red, it's actually tinted red. And so you've got Westbrook in his rockets uniform with the red smoke behind him. It's just a really cool card. And I mean, those are the things that, you know, I think you can look at if a card looks cool and you think it has some desirability, then, I mean, go for it. Obviously, Zach Levine, if you're a guy that just, you know, likes to collect Zach Levine, that'd be a pretty cool card to have in red. Um, so, yeah, I, and they've got a couple other sets in the, in the optic, in the prisms, that uh, the inserts that I think you should look at. But don't, don't be afraid to go outside of the main, you know, the main ones. One, one that this is, you guys will have to look it up, uh, Google it after the show or while you're, you're listening or watching to this. There is a Dom, I think it's Domris. It's either Domris or Hoops has an insert called Crunch Time. And it's the player on a cereal box. It's basically designed like a cereal box. And their stats are like the calories and stuff like that. So is it like a Captain um, Crunch tie-in or something? Exactly, exactly. So look at it, <laughs> LeBron Crunch Time. Type it into to Google or eBay. It's a, it's, I might pick some up. They're very cheap, but it's a cool concept. It's literally the, the, bo- the cereal box with like, uh, their stats as the, the calories and stuff. So it's, it's a pretty cool design. Um, 
but you'll find a lot of little nuggets like that as you kind of explore some of these inserts. I want to get everybody's thoughts or if you want to add in any sort of, uh, you know, insert cards you guys want to tar- target. And I know nobody's prepared for this question. But I'm curious, Chief. Like we talked about it. I don't remember if this was pre-show or during the show. I forgot. We were talking about players like as stocks, essentially. And the name John Wall popped up. And John Wall, we haven't seen play for a long time. He's on a terrible team. He's got a bad contract. He's probably not going to get moved. And when he comes back, he's 29 years old. I imagine, again, I come from the perspective as I don't know anything about cards right now, basically. He's got to be crazy cheap. Is there a floor of his price right now where you consider, like, is there a world where you can you can map out and say, well, theoretically, he can return back from injury and land on the right team and all that. Long story short, is he a guy that you would consider investing in and, you know, buying on the cheap and kind of flip like you did Cam? Well, I, I, I definitely think it's in the cards, literally. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I think it's possible. Here's how I feel about John Wall. Obviously, he's had some injury history. Still a young guy. Um, I think it all depends on really where he ends up after this contract because, you know, if you, and I'm, I'm using Cam as a, as a springboard here. He's not Cam, okay? He is yeah. not Cam. He's not an MVP, hasn't gone to the finals. You know, mm-hmm. Cam's an MVP, he's gone to the Super Bowl. It's like apples and oranges, but it's a concept that I kind of want to talk about. For John Wall's prices to go up as quick as Cam's did, he's going to have to go to like an immediate contender. Like, the Lakers, the Clippers, you know, Dallas. He's not going to New Orleans. He's going to have to go somewhere where it's championship or bust. Like, that, that's the perfect world scenario for John Wall. And I think it's similar to Cam. I don't think he's getting another big contract. So if he goes to the Lakers, it's probably something like a two-year, $20 million or one-year, $15 million, something like that. He goes to the Lakers and has a chance to win a championship, you're going to look like a real smart person buying up all the John Wall right now. So I think that's kind of, in my opinion now, what you're looking for if you're buying John Wall. You're really hoping that he doesn't go back to Washington. He goes to a contender and has a real shot at winning a championship. Like if he goes to Milwaukee because, you know, Eric Bledsoe needs too much money or something something like that, look out. Uh, his prices are probably going to go up because he's got a real chance to get there. Yeah, and the problem is, of course, his health. The other part is, is he's, his contract right now, he's basically immovable uh, unless you're taking back a huge contract. 41 mil this year, 44 next year, 47. The next year, he's a free agent in 2023 when he'll be 33 years old. But I, there's definitely a path to him having like a second life, like you said, depending on where he lands. And in theory, you could argue he's probably not going to get, you know, garner that much of a contract. He can handpick a place, you know, a positive situation. Uh, is there any, uh, I mean, I just kind of threw a wall on you, but is there any other uh, insert cards you're looking at you want to talk about as far as this conversation? Uh, not really. I mean, I, th- I think Brennan kind of, Brennan hit them all. And, you know, like I said, my favorite right now are the freshman phenoms and the emergent, and that, that's across the board. I mean, mm-hmm. even, you know, uh, back in some of the older sets, I've been, you know, like right now, a guy I've been buying personally is Chris Saps Porzingis, just because I feel like he's very undervalued in comparison to Luca. And I mean, you can go out and get his emergent card you know, I think there's some BGS nine and a half right now for about 50 bucks. And, and the cool thing about that one is it actually has that RC emblem on there. And so, you know, you're getting the insert with the RC shield. I, I, I just think it's really cool. So some of those older prism sets that have the RC, I just think it's a no brainer to pick up one or two while you can before, before the prices increase. Simon, did you want to add a, a favorite insert you're targeting right now? Um, 
I would say check out the Roto Grinders Sports Card Discord channel because Rhino and Chief are always throwing all sorts of in car, uh, insert cards in there, cards that I've never seen or heard before. Um, it's it's really good to get ideas for uh, a look at <clears throat> some of these inserts and 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 try to figure out what kind of cards you want to buy and which kind of cards you think would be a good return on investment because a lot of times you can tell just by looking at these inserts. A lot of them have a very artistic flair to them, and you can tell that they're going to be desirable to other collectors and, and which ones look better and which ones might have a, a, a better long-term value or a long-term return on investment. Brandon, we're moving on. You want to talk about the opening up the topic of investing in Overlook players? Yeah. So I, I think that one thing we typically do in in, in you know, this is everyone in the industry. We, we kind of follow what's being talked about and what's hot, but if you can, you can kind of get out ahead of those, those movements and, and look at who's next. Um, we saw it with the documentary, uh, the last dance documentary, Scotty Pippen and Dennis Rodman both went up, but that was after Jordan had already taken off. And so uh, if, if you, if you apply that logic to other parts of your sports card investing, uh, maybe a wide receiver or a running back on a, on an offense where the quarterback's getting a lot of love, or one of the guys that I really like right now is Chris Middleton, who if Giannis has as much success as we think he will in Milwaukee has to benefit. The guy was an all-star this year. He had a breakout season. And so, you know, while everyone starts to run up on Giannis, why not go after a guy like Chris Middleton or potentially Dante DiVincenzo? Um, so looking at the second and third guy on a team you expect to have a lot of success, it's kind of hard to say you can do that with either of the LA teams because both of their stars are really good. Um, but a team like Milwaukee is a great example. We've seen Jalen Brown get a run up this year after Tatum had run up. So looking at these second tier guys on the team, I think is, I think is a really good idea. Now, you can't go with everybody. It's not like the logic goes down all the way to the sixth or seventh or eighth guy in the rotation. But when you have these, you know, these teams that has a great supporting cast, a chief just talked about one in Chris Stapps, um, that, that he's actively targeting a secondary guy on that Dallas team. Um, and so you can do that a couple of different ways. You can do it with the second or third guy on a good team, or you can do it with the, the second or third tier stars that kind of get overlooked. I was buying up Paul George earlier this year because everyone was talking about LeBron and Kawhi, but Paul George is a really good player and has a chance at a title. Um, and then also Chris Paul as well. So I know, you know, Dean, you and I can go back and forth on this Chris Paul thing, but if you look at his career, it's about over too. You have to imagine he's only got a couple of years left the guy has been in the top five in MVP voting four times. He's had MVP award shares eight times in his career. He's an eight-time All-Star. He's played in like well over 100 All-Star, uh, playoff games. And, if, and I love basketball reference because it has similarity scores that basically compares you to other players based on your win shares. And here's the list that they compare Chris Paul to. Jerry West, Magic Johnson, Oscar Robertson, John Stockton, Kobe Bryant, Reggie Miller, James Harden, Clyde Drexler, and Walt Frazier. I mean, the guy has had a great career. His population counts aren't very high, yet we never talk about him because he was most relevant several years ago with Lob City in LA, and his career is coming to an end. So I think if you're looking to buy a guy right before he retires, goes into the Hall of Fame, I think Chris Paul's a guy that's overlooked, and it's weird to say because he's so good, but I think we like talking about the guys that are chasing rings and that are the MVPs and Chris Paul's kind of always been that second tier guy. Yeah. I wasn't trying to knock Paul, but I was thinking <laughs> like, I feel like 
I don't know if he's a beloved player. I'm not really sure. Yeah. I, I don't feel like he's beloved. Like he's really good. And I don't know why. And, and also people always bring up the fact and I'm fairly certain this is still true. I think he's never come out of the second round. Is that correct? Is that is, or is it, did he actually uh, once get out of the second round? I, Maybe I think he, with I Houston, think he would have had there, to. Right? Yeah. yeah I, I think he, he would have had to. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and like you said, he's 35 years old. Uh, he's not going to do anything this year. Like, okay. So he's not gonna, I mean, some really, really weird things would have to happen for OKC to make some noise. By well, noise, I mean, like, get to the sure. Western Conference Finals. Yeah, and if you look at his contract, it's hard for him to turn down his player option next year. It's, it's for, for his age, it's just insane. I think it's, like, $40 million. I'm trying to find it here. Yeah, it's $44 million. I have it in front of me, yeah. Okay, yeah, 44 player. Well, actually, next year it's 41. He's got a player option in 2021 for 44. Mm-hmm. And what is he, like, 30 three or 35 35 so yeah the only chance you get with him is he turns down that player option because he probably has plenty of money uh, especially from his his insurance ads and then he goes to somewhere (laughs) like LA which either the Clippers or the Lakers would make sense and chase a ring when he's 37 or 38 but I even if his career were to end in Oklahoma City in my opinion, he's one of the best point guards the game's ever seen. Maybe we'll all forget about his prickly personality as time goes on, and we'll look back on his career as you know something to be admired because he really has had a great career. If you take away rings aside, he's played in a lot of big games. He was big for LA. I don't. I don't blame their lack of playoff success on him. Um, so I just think he's a little bit overlooked because we're talking about all these other guys that haven't achieved as much in their careers. And you've got a guy here that's one of the most successful point guards we've ever seen. So that's another, you know, insert name of, of unsung star. It doesn't have to be Chris Paul. I think those are opportunities you need to look at. One that's getting kind of trendy now is Peyton Manning and Tim Duncan. As crazy as that sounds, they weren't really as popular as they are now. And I think people are starting to realize their cards are probably undervalued. Why is that happening? Tim Duncan's one of those guys just like mm-hmm. just – amazing but like super unsexy i mean he is yep, yep. just the least sexy greatest game of all time you can sort of yep. like combine those two things yeah yeah but what was big fundamental was that his nickname or is that shaq's nickname? Am, I, am i combining two people i don't know but uh, <laughs> I, yeah yeah so yep. why is duncan getting some noise now i think duncan's getting some noise because i think we're seeing the industry mature in front of our eyes so when you first get into the industry you're chasing the lucas the zions the jaws you know you're chasing these young guys because they're fun and you're watching and you're hearing about them a lot of the people in the industry probably never saw duncan play to be honest with you that are just now getting into it and i think you're starting to see people say oh wait maybe we should invest in some of these greater these all-time greats that one their population counts are minuscule compared to what we're seeing now and also, they've achieved way more than any of these guys we're talking about will ever achieve in their, achieve in their lifetime. I can guarantee you that it'll that not all of Luca, Ja, Zion, Giannis, any they're not going to achieve what Duncan achieved. He could have had one of the great. He probably did have one of the best careers we've ever seen, and his cards, relatively speaking, are so undervalued. And I think all investors and collectors alike that are getting in are, are maturing in front of our eyes. And I think you're going to start to see people appreciate the all-time greats, appreciate the inserts. And if you can get ahead of those movements, I think there's a lot of money to be made. Yeah. You could also play the what if game. Like what if Ray Allen didn't make that one shot, one more title for sure. And, you know, San Antonio will be thought of as an even better team and a bigger, yeah. uh, you know, team for the nineties and the aughts, I guess. Uh, all right. Well, your thoughts. Well, if you have any thoughts, by all means, I'm a big basketball guy. Uh, as far as Paul, as far as Middleton, and then, of course, you have a, a football player you want to talk about. 
Yeah, I mean, that's what I was talking about, man. Brennan's just got that hot now sign on in his, in his, in his office. Uh, that Chris Paul news, man, when he, when he said that, I said, you know, and it, it's funny. I don't know why. I think me and Brennan may think like sometimes, but I, I'm telling you, man, I was on eBay and saw, uh, I think it was a Chris Paul, like a SPX rookie or something like that. Something from just a long time ago. PSA 10, I think it sold for 60 bucks. And when I saw it, I said, what? I was like, man, why didn't I buy that? Um, and and I'm, I'm spot on with you on Duncan um, because I'm, I'm, I'm actually not investing in as much basketball right now. Um, God, I hate to talk about my financial advisor career so much, but it just kind of <laughs> helps me think through scenarios. And I'm kind of more of a cyclical buyer. Um, so right now, NBA is hot and I'm just kind of not really buying as much NBA outside of, you know, like Chris Stapps is the guy I'm actively targeting because I just know he's just too cheap right now. So I'm just buying up as much Chris Stapps as I can. But overall, I'm not really investing in NBA. I'm kind of more so on football because that's the sport that's kind of furthest away from us. And so especially once the NBA playoffs start to get get, get rolling, basketball is just going to go up, 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 up. I'll buy basketball after the finals prior to, you know, the next season. But, you know, uh, talking about all-time greats, and I've talked about this before. Ben Roethlisberger is a guy, you know, he's another one on my list that I'm trying to buy him right now while, you know, while he's got all this stuff going on and he's got all this weird news and, you know, the article he put out there and, you know, he's had some injuries. Bottom line is Big Ben's going to the Hall of Fame, period. He's going, guaranteed. So I'm trying to get on him right now. Um, and and Phillip Rivers and a little bit of Eli. And those guys I don't think are necessarily Hall of Famers. But they all kind of came in together. I think, you know, Phillip's still playing, got a chance to put up a few more touchdowns this year. Eli's won some Super Bowls. And you can still get those guys, you know, score rookies. And they've got a lot of variations, tops chrome, tops platinum, stuff like that, that are fairly reasonable for PSA 10s. They've got some FLIR, FLIR rookies out there. So, you know, those are guys that I've kind of been looking at um, in terms of all-time greats that we probably are going to overlook until they all retire. Um, in which Eli has retired. But in terms of football, because that's kind of been my focus right now, I just think Michael Thomas is my guy. I know we kind of got a chart there that we kind of talked about comparing PSA 10, PSA 9. The bottom line is this, and, you know, this is something that I know Simon's been really big on, and so I'm kind of going to let him speak more to it. But I feel like Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, these guys are more so like Jerry Rice-type talents. I mean, th- their careers, if they stay on pace with the catches, the targets, the touchdowns, they're going to be cruising into this Jerry Rice stratosphere, you know, kind of like Megatron. Had, you know, had, had Calvin Johnson kept playing, imagine what his cards would have been worth today if he was still playing. I mean, the stats would be through the roof. And so, you know, while I know quarterback is king, and I still think quarterbacks are very important, I just think Michael Thomas is a guy – and DeAndre Hopkins, 1A, 1B, that we can just start investing in prior to the football season. And these are holes for me. I'm not going to flip Michael Thomas right now, and hopefully he doesn't get hurt or some major injury, but they still got a chance to go through the Super Bowl every year. I don't care if Brady's in the NFC South. I think Brady can go as well, but the bottom line is Michael Thomas, his numbers are going to just be through the roof. He's as steady as it comes, him and uh, and Hopkins. So those are two wide receivers. I feel really comfortable buying their cars and holding long-term. And I, cause I think if they, if they stay on this trajectory, they're Hall of Fame for sure. And God forbid they win a Super Bowl. 
I got a couple of things for you. Uh, first of all, I love hearing that your financial advisor background. I wasn't aware of that. That's pretty cool. I, I have some more questions. Uh, off air, I'm going to ask you about my uh, stock portfolio. Um, yeah, so a couple of things. We come from a DFS perspective, and uh, I'm wondering, you mentioned Big Ben. Uh, do people, do you ever consider, hey, I'm buying Ben. Why not buy Juju and stack stack the investments? Is that Like if Ben's going to be successful, you're assuming that Juju probably is successful as well. Is this something that people consider or is that just completely bizarre? Well, I think they may start to consider it. Like I said, I'm, on, I'm, I'm trying to hold off because, listen, Simon's got the juice on, okay. this, uh, on, on, on buying these other players. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to let him have it, but I definitely think it's possible. Um, you know, I, I feel a lot better about wide receivers anyway, um, especially ones that, like I said, have the talent to go Hall of Fame. Those are the ones. Like, you know, Brendan talked about Randy Moss a couple weeks ago. And, you know, those are the type of wide receiver cards you you want to get in that portfolio. Guys that you know for sure are on the Hall of Fame trajectory are going to have, you know, be stable throughout. You know, a guy like Juju, Juju's had maybe one or two good seasons. Antonio Brown's gone, and he just – he didn't have the numbers. Now, Ben was hurt, had backup quarterbacks. But, you know, we've got Deontay Johnson there now that could take off because everybody's on Juju. Juju's not Antonio Brown, Okay. He's just not. That's just that's the reality of it. You know, even when uh, Antonio Brown was there and he had double coverage, he still put up the numbers. So Juju hasn't shown me that he's going to put up the numbers like a number one without Antonio Brown. So I'm not saying he's a bad investment. I'm just saying I'd wait and see. Michael Thomas and DeAndre Hopkins have proven to me that they're on their way. So I, I don't mind investing in those guys. Yeah. Also, people are saying it's blasphemous to compare anybody to Jerry Rice. There's some old, like old guys like us. So, like, how dare you? And you're paying for the longevity for Rice as well, too. Like, you of course can take a four year or five year or six year sample, but Rice gave it to you for what 13, 14, 15 years, whatever it was. I know we finished with Oakland and Denver. I don't know. I'm starting to well, he went now. to Seattle a little bit too. Let's not forget about Seattle. <laughs> Cup of coffee. Please him in. <laughs> I don't. I think he finished with Denver. I don't know. If only there was a machine we could type this into. Uh, all right, Simon. Uh, Will wants you to talk. Feel free to add in. Hopefully, you've been screen sharing this whole time. I hope that's been going down. And also, Simon, you have a player you want to talk about as well that's uh, been overlooked in, as far as your uh, estimation. Yeah, as we've been talking about these overlooked players, I've been showing a screen share of the Sports Card Investor Market Movers tool, kind of demonstrating the kind of uh, cool tools that you can get when you subscribe to the Market Mover subscription. You can get 20% off if you use the promo code GRINDERS, uh, 20% off your first payment on any subscription. And these are great to kind of illustrate what these, when you have an idea like Michael Thomas, what's his card doing, right? And you can see from this chart right here that his his card is kind of uh, flatlining. It doesn't look like those NBA charts where they're just straight to the moon. Uh, his chart's kind of up and then and then flat. Well, when I look at NFL cards in particular, there's an old school mentality in the card collecting market that it's quarterback or bust. If you're not getting a if you're getting NBA uh, NFL cards, you have to get a quarterback. You can't get the wide receivers you can't get the running backs and I think that's a flaw in the market because it's a passing league and the quarterback's got to throw to somebody to uh, be successful and the wide receivers are a lot more flashy and people collecting cards they like flashy players and I think with the demand for cards being so strong as they are now we've seen it throughout the NBA season I think that's going to carry over into NFL 
And I think with all this new money coming into the NFL market, they're going to focus on more than just the quarterbacks. So that leaves all these undervalued wide receivers that you can target. And Chiefs right on the money with Michael Thomas, one of the greats. Um, and, and you can get his rookie card uh, basically for <clears throat> 169 bucks, And it's got a population PSA 10 of 136. And that's for a prism silver. So that's, that's super cheap uh, for a guy who's the, the, the peak of his position right now. And the, you know, getting off the topic of, of NFL, the overlooked player that I wanted to look at is James Harden. And I got a chart of his, uh, his uh, I believe, Topps Chrome rookie card. Yeah, it's his uh, Topps Chrome base PSA 10. It's got a population of 50. And that's a 2009 card. And I'm comparing it to Giannis' uh, 2013 Prism uh, Basketball Base PSA 10. Uh, that's a population of 2109. So that gives you an indication of how much scarcer those PSA 10 of James Harden's 2009 Topps Chromes are than Giannis. And yet their prices are almost identical. They're almost... Uh, the same price. Giannis's last sold for three thousand twenty-four dollars, whereas Harden's last one sold for three thousand. So that tells me that Harden's rookie cards are being overlooked right now and and undervalued. He's had an incredible run the last few years. If you're a DFS player, chances are you have to figure out a way to squeeze him into your lineup if you want to compete. So. A guy like James Harden, I feel, is a big enough superstar that his his card should be a lot worth a lot more than it is currently. Um, and I think that's an overlooked guy that you can that you can check out right now. All right, jump in here, Brandon. Your thoughts? Uh, you know, Michael Thomas, just receivers in general, like non quarterbacks, I suppose, skill position players. And uh, you have any thoughts as far as James Harden? Yeah, well, if you can see my background, I'm of course on the uh, Michael Thomas train. But uh, that might be some Homer, Buckeye Homerism there. But, but um, I, I think Simon and, and Chief are spot on. I think that everyone's focused on NBA right now. I myself included. I have a list of guys in the NFL I want to look at, but the NBA is hot right now. So that's not going to always be the case. Come, you know, come the December or when most of the teams are eliminated from the playoffs, you're going to start to see people shift into football. And I don't think that we've seen what that mentality is going to look like yet. And if I had to guess, I'd agree with Simon and Chief that – wide receivers are going to be the first group to go up with the quarterbacks. And then I think you might see some guys like running backs. I, I think defensive players are undervalued, but that might always be the case. We see it in the, the NBA, even in the hot market, a guy like JJ Watt will probably never get um, the value he deserves. One of my favorite players, Brian Dawkins, I haven't looked at his rookie cards, but I might pick some up at a very good price just cause, but I wouldn't expect defensive players to ever go off. But um, guys like Thomas, guys like Hopkins, I think are great investments being here in Carolina. I might look at some, some McCaffrey to see what his prices are doing, but um, I think they're spot on there. And as far as James Harden's concerned, uh, James Harden kind of like Chris Paul probably gets a, gets a little bit hurt by his public image. People just don't like the way he plays. That being said, if you were to look at his basketball reference page and compare it to some of the other players that have higher card values, it's just insane. I mean, this guy has an MVP, as Chief reminded me, uh, pre-show. He's also knocked on the door of being MVP three separate occasions. He's been in the top three. And besides, again, like Chris Paul, those rings, I don't know what else you'd want a guy like James Harden to do. And for him to have such a low population count, uh, Simon's spot on. I think he's a little bit overvalued. 
one thing we should mention is with these guys that are overvalued, we don't know exactly when the market's ever going to catch on. It might not be tomorrow. You know, Lucas, Giannis's, Zion's, they're all going to go up. They're going to continue to skyrocket. It might take, as you've seen with Tim Duncan, after he retires for us to truly appreciate his greatness. So these are great long-term holds. And, and if you buy them now, you're going to see them appreciate, I think, over time. Um, someone like Michael Thomas and Hopkins is a little bit different because they're playing now. You probably want to get them as soon as you can if that's somebody you want to invest in. But yeah, I can't, I can't really add much more than that. I think they're both spot on. And uh, I think if sometimes we like to chase our tails in terms of, oh, Luca's going up. I got to go get my Luca. Jumping ahead of everyone else and getting that poor Zingas is probably the better ROI in the long term. I got to get this in. This is important. Uh, when I mentioned Big Fundamental before, uh, and I said Shaq, I said Duncan. Shaq apparently gave Tim Duncan that nickname. So that's why those two <laughs> names popped in my head. There you gotta, go. get well, out, hey, gotta get that out there. Well, hey, let, let's clear that story up because I actually know when he called him that nickname. Okay. I was actually watching the game. I don't remember the year, but it was at an All-Star game. And Tim Duncan was wide open, and he just took a layup instead of dunking it. <laughs> Keep in mind, this is the All-Star game. And Shaq looked and said, did he just lay it up? Big <laughs> fundamentals. Big fundamentals. And that's how he got the nickname. Crazy. And they had him mic'd up, so that's how we were able to hear Cool story, man. Cool story. I wasn't aware of that, but yeah, that, that checks out. That's all. It seems like something that Duncan would do. And outside, also taking his like 20, you know, 15 foot, like off the glass jump shots, like things like that. And it may do that to you anymore these days. Not really. Maybe the Marcus Aldridge. I don't know. Just throwing him out there. It feels like he's a guy that probably would have been better 20 years ago. Okay. I don't know why I'm getting off track. That's the show. Before we step aside, of course, we're starting our new tradition. Uh, as everybody says goodbye, that gives out their socials, tell people where to find them on the Twitter machine and all that. Uh, we're going to be showing off uh, one of our cards, one of our mail day cards, something that you uh, want to talk about. And Simon, you're batting first, and you got a Zion card, but it's a little bit, uh, well, it's a little funky. What's wrong with it? Yeah. So <clears throat> going back to my hunting last week, I found a few boxes of optic, and if I find a damaged box, I'd rather open it. I, it's an excuse for me to to rip it open instead of selling it. And I happened to find a damaged box last week and I opened it up and I got some decent cards out of it. And one of the cards that I got, when you're opening a 2019, 2020 box of basketball cards, you're hoping to find a Zion in there somewhere. And I was fortunate enough to find a Zion in this box. But if you look closely at the surface, it's got a huge line through it, right? So that's not like any type of scratch or anything. That's the print. Like the print was was uh, very sloppy on this card. So basically the card's worthless, but <laughs> I pulled the Zion, which is pretty cool, but it just, no, it no, just sucks not. that. Uh, just yeah, get on yeah, eBay I, and say invest. <laughs> 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 yep, I have to put uh, invest in big capital letters with uh, asterisks and fire sim- uh, emojis next to it and maybe someone <laughs> will buy it. But uh, yeah, that's that's the unfortunate thing about ripping your own packs instead of looking at the cards before you buy them. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why I prefer to uh, just flip uh, the retail that I find and, and buy the cards that I'm act- actually searching for. Simon, your Twitter, uh, any sort of projects, any sort of articles you're working on you want to put out there? Yeah, I got an article coming out tomorrow. It's going to be comparing PSA nine and PSA 10 cards. I've been doing that uh, for a few weeks and you can find that on the Roto-Grinders page on the sports cards section. It'll be dropping at some point tomorrow. 
And you can find me on Twitter at Yeti Boom Films, and you can find me in the RG Sports Card Discord. And if you want to get to that Discord channel, go to the videos page on the Roto Grinders homepage, uh, navigate to video, and and go into the the chat box that's next to the video box, and you can navigate into that Discord channel, and you can find us all in that Sports Card channel within our RG Discord. That's a non-premium channel for what it's worth, so anybody can jump in there. Uh, Will, you're up next. What card are we showing off? And uh, give the people your socials, anything you're working on uh, as far as articles. Yeah, um, I'm going to have a real deep dive on the on the rookie inserts article. So I know we kind of touched on it, but I, I'm going to really go in depth uh, for my next article and kind of really give you some good data um, and just compare a couple different players and that way you can get a really good idea of, you know, what the pricing could be like, you know, if you decide to go down that road. Um, you know, I'm sure Devin has it up, our producer extraordinaire. And uh, if, if you're looking on that screen, you already know I'm buying Marcus Mariota. Uh, I am not hopping off the Mariota train right now. Um, just because, you know, when I can get PSA 10s and PS and BGS nine and a halfs for, for 15 to $20, you, you're just not going to talk me off of the train. And so that's kind of what's been happening with Mariota. So I, I think I've got a tops high tech up there, BGS nine and a half. Caught that one for $14.99. Uh, I've got a Panini certified hollow, you know, uh, kind of a refractor type card that I caught as well. PSA 10 caught that one for $15. Bucks. Um, and so, you know, I've just got a really good feeling about Mariota going into Oakland. I don't think, uh, you know, Derek Carr, I, I don't know if he's going to keep this job. And, you know, I just, I think Mariota is a better fit for the pieces they have in terms of, his mobility, you know, kind of being able to keep the defense off kilter. You know, they, they went and got some more speed. Um, they, they didn't get Jerry Judy. I can't remember who they picked up. Uh, it wasn't CeeDee Lamb either. I can't I can't remember the rookie that they picked up there in Ruggs. Oakland. But, I mean, it was – who was Ruggs. it? Yes, yeah, yes, Ruggs. Henry Ruggs, one of the fastest receivers in the draft. So, you know, adding him with Tyrell Williams and, and Josh Jacobs in the backfield, I just think – I think this sets up for Mariota to have a chance to do well. And I'm not having to, you know, spend all my life savings to, to invest into him. So that's why, you know, I've, I've been doing it this way. You know, all these guys that I talk about that are speculative, I'm not spending a hundred dollars on their cards. I mean, you know, 15, 20 bucks for already graded cars. Like this is, I consider this to be safe because I, if I, if I spent $15 on it, I could probably just relist it for 15 and get my money back like that, you know, and, you know, at some point. So, you know, I don't, I don't consider them uh, unsafe investments because of the prices that I'm getting them at. So that's why I'm really, you know, really investing in a lot of Mariota right now. Your uh, socials, Twitter. You are on mute. Catch me. Yeah. I muted myself, <laughs> but uh, you can catch me on Twitter at chief justice. Oh, six. I know I didn't say ice. I don't have it capitalized on Twitter, <laughs> uh, but uh, it is chief just ice. Oh, six, but it's justice. Oh, six. So on, uh, on Twitter at chief justice. Oh, six. Brennan, close us out. Sure. Yeah. And I want to call out one thing that uh, chief talked about, which is, is really shrewd. And it's that when you can, the, the cost of grading has gone up, uh, recently for pretty much every company other than SGC. Um, and when you factor in how long it takes you to get these cards back, if you're looking to buy somebody like a Mariota, 
into the season and flip them, it's not going to happen. If you buy them right now and send them out, you're not going to do it. And it's going to cost you more than what he paid for those cards. And I actually did something similar here with Andrew Wiggins. So I actually bought a, a lot of four BGS graded select Andrew Wiggins rookies for $13 a piece. That would have, if I would have bought the card and sent it in, it probably, it would have cost me over $20 a card and I probably wouldn't have them back by December when the season starts. So um, one thing to look at is for these underappreciated guys, can you get cards close to the value, close to the price it would to have it already graded? Um, You know, for PSA, I, I, for PSA, even if you do a group submission, you're probably looking at $20 a card. So if you can get a guy for 25, pay the extra $5 and you get it in hand now, and there's no guarantee your cards are graded at a 9.5 or a 9 or a 10. So you might send it in and be very disappointed. So uh, he's super smart and ahead of the game there with buying cards close to the price it would take just to grade them in general. Um, and I talked about Wiggins last week. So uh, there's a lot of conversation in the industry now about pumping and dumping. I'll tell you one rule I have. If I quit buying a guy, I don't talk about him on the show. So if I've quit buying a player, I'm not going to talk about him because that's one way to get yourself in trouble. I actually bought these Wiggins three days after the show and they just came in today. So um, again, I think Wiggins is a guy who could definitely benefit from the the hype machine, which is it, which is golden state in general. And just the fact that Curry's coming back, Draymond's going to actually care again. Clay Thompson's coming back. Like I think Wiggins, going from having to be the guy is going to have a ton of open lanes to attack a ton of open threes to shoot. And I think we're all going to forget about how bad his time in Minnesota has been. So i uh, very happy to pick those up. And because I got all four of them from the same buyer, I combined the shipping as well. So you save you some money there. So big fan of Wiggins. I'm still picking his cards up as I can. And uh, I hope it works out. If not, I could look real silly next year. Brennan, your, uh, your socials, maybe any articles you're working on right now? Sure. Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at the DFS advisor. Uh, I am about halfway through the next market movers article. My guess is it'll be next week sometime that we'll get that out probably early mid next week. Uh, And that one I'm actually going to bring in uh, per Jeff at sports card investors request Giannis. I'm going to compare him to Luca and LeBron to see um, because Jeff has a theory that there was a lot of cards printed in LeBron's rookie year and there was a lot less printed in Giannis's rookie year. So let's see if that kind of affects the, the value of the cards and maybe Giannis is still even at his current price is undervalued. We'll see. Um, but you can find, uh, you can find that on rotogrinders.com uh, when it go, when it releases. All right. One last time, 20% off your first payment at SCI sportcardinvestor.com with the promo code grinders like, and subscribe on YouTube. We'd much appreciate that. Uh, you were talking about pump and dump as a strategy. I'm not aware of that. I'd like to hear more about that. I, I think of it as like a stock market thing. Maybe that's a future topic. Hey, let us know in the uh, in the topics. Let us know in the comment section here on YouTube what you guys want to hear us talk about going forward. With that said, I want to thank Simon, uh, Chief Just Chief Justice. <laughs> I tripped myself up there. Wasn't sure which way to go with that. Uh, Simon, Chief Justice, and Brennan, I was Dean. This was Sports Card Grinders. Thanks for listening. We're out of here. Holler. 